Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. Today we're continuing the three-part sermon series on the subject of stewardship. And so I ask again, what is stewardship? Let's revisit the definition. Stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. The Scripture foundation for the sermon series is from 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. God's Spirit said to that generation and is saying to ours, as every man, every woman, every young person hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, and underscore, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As a general rule, when most of us think of stewardship in the context of Christianity, we think of money. But stewardship involves much more. It involves our time, it involves our talent, and it involves our treasure. In our session today, we are going to focus on stewardship involving our talents as we consider the subject using what is at hand. I've discovered that when a person begins to seriously consider committing himself or herself to the joy and labor of genuine rewarding service in the Master's vineyard, the adversary of God and the adversary of the human family will use every device at his disposal to keep that individual from following through with the commitment to serve God and to be a witness of His amazing grace. And one of the tactics that Satan uses is to hold the mirror of outward reflection in front of us and to declare to us, see there, you are not endowed with the necessary talents. You do not possess the natural abilities that are really essential to be an instrument to change the lives of those around about you. And the enemy of God and the enemy of the human family will proceed to point out our weaknesses and to magnify them to his own purpose. And so I'm asking myself, and I'm asking you this question at the beginning of this new year. Do we really want to be of service along this pilgrim way? I can, and so can you, as we allow God's sweet Holy Spirit to move us to use what is at hand as good stewards of the manifold grace of God right 
where we are. And the results may astound us and astonish others. We're going to use Samson as an object lesson today as we look at this subject using what is at hand. Samson was a man who was set apart for the service of God even before the time of his birth. And no doubt, as Samson grew, the other boys laughed at his long hair, and they teased him. But little did they realize that the one they were making fun of was being developed by God's Spirit to be a mighty servant. He was being conditioned to deal the Philistine army blow after blow of defeat so that the burdens might be lifted off of Israel. The first recorded instance we have of the Spirit of God moving Samson to use what was it was after he had fallen in love, and he was on his way to the wedding ceremony. As he was traveling there, all of a sudden, the Bible says a young lion roared against him. And what a frightening sight that must have been to young Samson to know that his life was in immediate danger. But the, spirit, the Scriptures record in Judges chapter 14 and verse 6 that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion as he would have torn a kid, and underscore this phrase, he had nothing in his hand. Without a sword, without a spear, without a bow, without an arrow, Samson used what was at hand. So, what was at his immediate disposal? Only his two hands. And as he used what was at hand, God's Spirit strengthened those hands to bring him deliverance from that young lion. Now, I want you to look at your hands. Would you look at them with me? Samson's hands were just like yours and just like mine. Flesh, bone, muscle, blood. But when the Spirit of God interceded, what a difference His hands made. And my brothers and sisters, the same thing can happen with your hands and with my hands because the Spirit of God is still willing to anoint us. When the male wedding attendants deceitfully interpreted Samson's riddle concerning the honey from the lion's carcass. The Scriptures record that, Sim that Samson left his fiancée. He went back home to be with mother and dad. 
But after a while, at the time of wheat harvest, Samson decided to forgive the young woman. And so he made the journey and returned back to the city of Timnah. But upon his arrival, he was told by the father of this woman that she was already married. She didn't waste any time. In fact, she was married to one of Samson's friends, his best man at the wedding ceremony. Well, Samson was enraged. And the only thought in his mind and in his heart was getting even. But how could he do so? The answer came quickly as he was moved to use what was at hand, he caught 300 foxes. I want you to see him as he takes a fox in one hand, and he takes a fox in the other hand, and he pulls them together. He ties their tails and then inserts a torch in that knot. When all the foxes were paired, Samson lit the torches. He set them on fire, turned them loose, and they were allowed to run through the wheat fields of the Philistines. Can you see them? 150 pair of screaming, scorching foxes destroying the crop of the enemy. Samson used what was at hand. Now, as a result of his action, the Philistines became furious, and they insisted that Samson be taken into custody and be punished for his deeds, and with great fear for their safety. And with trembling knees, the leaders of Israel pleaded with Samson to surrender. Samson hesitated for a while, but then finally Samson consented, and he was bound by his own people and delivered unto the Philistines. I want you to see him. As quietly he marched down from the rock Edom to Lehi. Seeing Samson bound by those strong ropes and thinking finally that, that this man of exceptional strength was now their prisoner, the Philistines began to raise a voice with a great shout. And as those shouts were echoing, through the valley, as they were resounding over the countryside. Judges chapter 15 and verse 14 records, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And underscore this next phrase, 
and his bands loosed from off his hands. His hands were set free, and the Spirit of God moved Samson to use what was at hand. He reached down and picked up a new jawbone of an ass. And by the spiritual power of God's anointing, he began to swing that jawbone amidst the enemy, doing service for the Lord as the dust settled down to the earth. One person and one person only could be seen standing. And he's standing, raising that jawbone overhead as a sign of victory as all around him lay 1,000 trained soldiers dead. All because Samson used what was at hand. Well, time elapsed, and Samson fell in love again. He fell in love with Delilah. And Samson became like putty in the hands of this woman who used the art of physical pleasure in order to gain wealth and position for herself and her family. And no doubt, Samson felt safe and secure as he lay his head on her lap that fatal night. She began to cut his hair, and it fell to the floor. And as his hair was cut and fell to the floor, the spiritual anointing of God departed from him. Can you see it? What a pitiful sight that was. Samson arose from sleep, and, and he shook himself, but all of his shaking could not summon the Spirit of God to his aid. And I want you to look at him closely as he's taken into captivity. As the Philistine torturers begin to laugh and make jokes as they put out his eyes. I want you to see him as he's continually pulling that large wheel around and around and around to grind grain in that prison house. And as he's doing so, Samson must have repented of his sins and pleaded with God for one more opportunity to redeem himself. One more chance to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. And then it happened. The Lord's and officials of Philistia gathered themselves together to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice over Samson's imprisonment. The house was packed to capacity. 
There were 3,000 spectators at least that were overflowing onto the roof section. The atmosphere began to ring with glee, and mockery filled the air as Samson slowly walked with a blind shuffle into the arena, led to center stage by a young lad. Oh, what humiliation must have flooded this man, who just a short time ago had caused fear and and dread to race through the very veins of, of the Philistine army. And now he stands with bowed head and broken heart, with jeers piercing his ears. And with an aching soul, Samson spoke to the young lad. It's recorded in Judges chapter 16 in verse 26. As he said unto the lad, and underscore these words, that held him by the hand. I want you to lay hold to that phrase. The lad was holding him by the hand. And I want you to listen as Samson continued talking to the young lad. Suffer me, or permit me, that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. So what was at hand? Just the lad and the pillars. And yet, in the closing moments of his life, once again, we are allowed to witness the truth that made Samson such a valuable servant of God. He used what was at hand. Can you hear him? Can you hear him along with me? Judges chapter 16 and verse 28, as he begins to cry unto the Lord and says, Lo, my God, Lord, remember me, I pray thee. God, I'm the one you promised to my parents. I'm the one who by your Spirit slew the young lion. I'm the one who by your Spirit turned the foxes loose in the grain fields of the Philistines. I'm the one who by your Spirit slew 1,000 men with the jawbone of an ass. I'm the one who sinned against you. I'm the one who betrayed your confidence. Remember, Lord, don't forget me. I'm the one who repents in bitter tears. Listen as he continued talking to the Lord God. Oh, Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. 
Oh, my brothers and sisters, Samson knew that, that he had done wrong. And he was sorry. His desire was not to be restored back to be a judge over Israel. His only desire was to be used of God and to use what God had blessed him with to prove one more time that he was a good steward of the manifold grace of God. And I can't prove it, but I believe with all of my mind and all of my heart that God whispered to Samson through the Holy Spirit perhaps these words, Samson, I remember. Samson, I haven't forgotten. Samson, I've just been waiting for you to remember. And I can almost see Samson now as a spirit of God began to move him to, to once again use what was at hand. And he takes a hold of those two gigantic pillars and he bows himself with all of his might. When I read those, I thrill because this verse is a picture of every true servant of God who is a good steward of the manifold grace of God, using what we have at hand with all of our might to glorify our God. The house began to crumble, and finally it fell with a great heaviness, and Samson died to await the resurrection into heaven. And he died using what was at hand. And he is numbered in Hebrews chapter 11 among that great host of witnesses. Oh, my brothers and sisters, history records a myriad of individuals down through the ages who have used what was at hand People like Samson, people like Moses with his rod, people like young David with his sling, people like Lydia with her spirit of hospitality, men and, and, and young people who have served the Lord and His Spirit use them to use what was at hand. And I declare to you that God's Spirit is doing the very same thing today. Tomorrow morning, we are beginning a new ministry here at University Parkway, 70 Adventist Christian Church. Our men's fellowship. And one of the aspects of this ministry that I will be introducing to our men is what I call helping hands. 
It will be a ministry to use our talents to assist our church members and others of this area who need a helping hand with projects around the house. Things that are broken that need to be repaired. Things that are of great concern to individuals, but, but they can't afford to have them repaired by anyone else. We as men of this church are going to start using what we have at hand to bless God and to be a blessing unto others. And as we use what's at hand, we will encourage and we will edify one another. And not only those who are being helped will benefit, but we who are helping will also benefit. Oh, there are many ways that we as a collective church family and as individuals can use what we have at hand. We can use our vision. We can use our commitment. We can use our financial investment. We can use our sweat equity. All can be used to enhance the body of Christ in this place. You may be thinking to yourself about now, Pastor Dan, I don't have much that I can contribute. I don't have great abilities, and I can't identify many talents. Because of distance and other factors, I can't be involved in, in a lot that goes on here. But my brothers and sisters, you can do something. Several years ago, Rebecca and I went to provide pastoral service at a church, and one of the brethren called me not long after we arrived and said, Preacher, can I talk to you? And I said, Sure, and I went to visit with him. He said, Preacher, I can't get out much nowadays. I can't do very much to help the church. But this I can do. I can pray for you. Preacher, I want you to know that every time you stand behind the pulpit, I will be praying for you. That meant a lot to me. He used what was at hand. We had our dear sister in another church that we pastored. She was on a bed of affliction, couldn't get out, wasn't mobile. But she contacted every Sunday school teacher. This was when we were in the Sunday-keeping church. Now, our Sunday school classes had roles. They had all the members listed, and every Sunday morning they checked out those who were absent and those who were present. And every Sunday afternoon, the Sunday school teachers got in contact with this dear sister 
and let her know those who are absent. On Monday and Tuesday, she started sending out cards to those who were absent. When we went to that church the first Sunday morning, we had 25 in attendance, just 25. In less than a year, we were running over 100 in attendance. The ministry of that woman did a lot to the growth of that church family. I'm challenging you as I'm challenging myself to spend the next few days in communion with God, asking that His sweet Holy Spirit will impress us to use what is at hand. It may not be strength as with Samson. It may not be a rod as with Moses. It may not be a sling as with David. It may not be the gift of hospitality as with Lydia, but it is something, something unique that you can contribute for the glory of our Lord's kingdom. And so in the beginning of this new year, let us individually and collectively resolve that we will be good stewards of the manifold grace of God in regard to our talents. Amen and hallelujah. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.